In today's interview, I talk with Taverly. Now, she's a corporate giving expert. You'll find great nuggets of information in this interview. She does a fantastic job of helping us to understand how giving can really help our organization, can have an impact on our employees, on ourselves as business owners, and on the community, of course, that we're helping out and we're giving to, but also how we can use that as a marketing tool. So giving can do so many things for your business. I encourage you to listen to this half-hour interview with Taverly and get some great insights for your own business. Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses by teaching cutting-edge marketing strategies and interviewing successful marketers, as well as product marketing experts that share their stories to inspire you to achieve hyper-growth for your own business. I'm your host, John LeClaire, founder and CEO of Harvest Growth, and I believe that if you want to make your product the next household name, you just need Need to follow the right plan and that even the best products struggle to succeed when they step away from proven strategies that work. And I believe that you can grow profitably, which means you don't need to be a Fortune 500 company or have access to venture capital in order to grow your business. If you'd like to learn more about what we call the perfect launch process for marketing products, check out harvestgrowth.com. And if you still have questions on how you can implement this process for your business, you'll see a link on our homepage to set up a free consultation with one of our product launch specialists. Welcome to the show today. I'm really excited to interview Taverly. Now, she has got a fascinating background with uh, an extensive array of services and businesses that she's been involved with and helped and interviewed in a series of podcasts. She's got three podcasts that she's involved with, as well as she also runs the Corporate Cause Agency. You can find more information on that at corporatecauseagency.com. I'm going to let her dive into the details of exactly what that is and what it does, but she's extremely busy. So I'm excited to have her on the show today to be able to share her expertise with our audience as well. Taverly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So I'd like to first talk about, let's talk about the corporate cause agency. That's your kind of mm. your primary business. I want to definitely spend some time on diving into your podcast as well and, and how that's helped your business to grow. But first of all, let's just get some background on, on you and, when, and what you do. Can you tell us about the corporate cause agency? Sure. Well, at the, at the core of what we do in my company is we help businesses develop a community investment strategy. So we're like the matchmakers between corporate and cause. And for me, this is a really important facet of community giving that is often unaddressed. And I'll, I'll tell you how this, this business idea or how I got rooted into the idea of wanting to offer this service is because I come from more than 12 years experience of working for charities and nonprofits, both locally and internationally. And over the course of my career, I literally cannot tell you how many times I sat across the table from a business and was asking for five, 10, 50, 100,000, or a half a million in Bill and Melinda Gates' <laughs> um, case. And in all of the businesses' cases, this one common factor kept coming up. And that would be, for me as a nonprofit, I would look at the business and say, great, thank you for investing in our cause. Now, what can we do to help you reach your strategic goals? And in 100% of the cases, it was like a blank stare because there's this real gap between what businesses do and how they give to their communities and understanding that those community organizations have something to give back, meaning it can impact your bottom line in a positive way. 
but businesses don't know how to navigate that. They don't know, you know, businesses don't talk charity and charity doesn't always talk business. So I have built my business around the model of going to the side of the table of the business and helping them really look at their values, how they're engaging their employees and how they can really make an impact, not just in the community, but on their bottom line. That's great. Fascinating. And, and who are your main clients that you work with? Obviously businesses, but is there a size mm-hmm. that tends to work well in this space that you can really help, help out as, you know, a certain growth, number of employees or size and revenue, et cetera? Yes, for sure. I would, I would say instead of employees or size of revenue, a company that's investing, let's say 20,000 and more into their community already will understand that they have the ability to make great impact. But what in most cases they're not doing is measuring what the impact on their business is. So in a lot of cases, you know, that the businesses that are investing 20,000 or more per year in their community tend to be companies that are 5 million to 50 million range in revenue, it, traditionally. Okay, got it. Yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's more about the giving. Obviously, you could be smaller if you're giving a bigger mm-hmm. percentage and, and that would work well as well. Uh, so you talked about their kind of the impact in their organization. What do you see as typical goals? So why do these companies choose to invest, the ones that you were, end up working with? What's, what do mm-hmm. they get out of this? Well, I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. Number one, I'll tell you how companies traditionally give to the community, which is that old corporate social responsibility facet, which is, you know, it started in the you know, 1950s. It really took hold in the 1970s. This idea that as a business, if you're successful and you are making a profit because of, you know, your communities and your employees, you know, all the work that's being done on your behalf is bringing a profit, that you have a responsibility to give back right, to the communities that you are gaining from. Well, that social contract kind of changed in 2008 because when times got lean, that was more of a we can do this when we have the profit to do it kind of deal as opposed to creating a strategy around investing into your community that makes a positive impact. So I want to answer that in section one, that that's often how people do it. And that's what I seek to change, right? That's where I know the challenge lies. Because when a company has a rough year, their charitable giving is the first thing that they cut because they cannot measure a positive impact to themselves. It just becomes a one-way give. So companies that I work with, or a lot of companies out there are already doing this and embracing the idea of, let's say, cause marketing, right? You know, a lot of the businesses that I work with, they recognize that, okay, I have the opportunity to, yes, make a great positive impact in the community, number one. But number two, what's in it for me? And that is, you know, that doesn't take away from the great work you can do in the community. That does not take away from how much more your employees will be engaged and feel loyal about your company if you are doing something more than just worrying about your bottom line, that you are giving to the community, right? All of these, all these purposes together doesn't take away from the good work you're doing, but what it does do is it allows you to look at it like what's in it for me. And I think that that's that mindset shift from companies giving to charities is still, is still probably the biggest conversation that I have because I give companies permission to say, okay, yes, I'm going to invest this amount of dollars, time and resources into your nonprofit, but I want to know what's in it for me. And, and I feel like my permission to do that or my company's ability to show you how to do that is mind blowing 99% of the time. 
Yeah, and I, I love the impact beyond, you know, there, it's great for them to understand the direct impact within the community of, of getting the word out of their giving. It helps them in a few ways. One is I believe it encourages other companies to do the same thing, right? The yes. more that we realize what companies are doing, we, you know, we as business owners want to similarly help. You know, we, we haven't thought of it or haven't thought about the right way to give or the right organization to give to. Mm. So getting the word out helps, I think, rise the t- raise the tides, right? So help all charities out from just getting the, getting the word out. And then there's nothing wrong with marketing. You know, we, we obviously run a marketing agency here yeah. at Harvest Growth and you know, we're yeah. big believers in the, in the benefits of marketing and the better that you can create your company, the more you can grow your company, the more you can help more employees and, you know, the community directly and indirectly. So I believe, you know, anything you do to help market your business, including using the charity that you're already doing to raise the word about your organization, bringing it, like you said, better employees or, you know, whatever it might be, you're helping the, the community as a whole. So are, are there interesting examples that you've found of ways that uh, companies give to their community that have been especially impactful? Mm, yeah, really good question. Um, yeah, there's lots of examples. One of them that I think is really pertinent to look at is I do some work with the John Elway dealer group in Colorado, and they are such a big supporter of the community. I mean, they give tons and tons and tons of dollars and time and resources out to the community, but people don't necessarily know what they do, right? They don't, they don't know that they you know, embrace these causes and it's a part of their heart. It's, it's actually part of their culture internally with their employees, with their customers. They provide opportunities for people to get way involved in that. And one of the things that I would say that I've enjoyed the most about working with them and, and have seen this transition happen is that they have the ability to access their nonprofits that they support, stakeholders, circles. Right. I'll give you an example. So, and this isn't theirs. I'm just going to use a nonprofit. That's an example. But if you, let's just say, for example, your company wants to this time of year support the homeless because it's getting very cold in Colorado, you know, that you and your team want to help address the fact that people are out on the streets freezing. You know, if, if, if you're a business, you might look at the support of that organization as well. Their constituents aren't my ideal client. So I don't have anything to gain from that. Well, the fact is, is that any nonprofit organization that you support also has other supporters, right? They have volunteers. They have boards of directors. They, you know, that's what I call the stakeholder circles. They have stakeholder circles that are your ideal target if you choose the right nonprofit, even if their constituents are not. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that that's, that's been one of the things that it's been really neat for me to see um, the John Elway dealer group that I'm working with you know, watching them make that shift over to, oh, okay, let's, let's reverse this. Let's go into offense instead of defense. Let's not just give checks to people who ask. Let's not just volunteer when we're asked. Let's create a strategy around what organizations have stakeholder circles that are the people that we want to reach and matches our values and fills up our, our joy bucket in our heart because we know we're going to make a positive change that together, mm, you know, that's where the good stuff is because that's where all the boxes get checked and it becomes a win-win. Nonprofit wins, the business wins. Oh, that's great. Mm. And I, to me, maybe because I have a marketing brain, I think, you know, I think mm-hmm. about the marketing side, that's the easy side to see the benefit. Not easy. I know obviously you have to create the value to make sure that the mm-hmm. word gets out in the right way, but it's easy to understand how that could happen. Can you help us understand what is the internal benefit for Companies that do this well, how does it help their internal morale, their employees? Mm. How, how have you seen it benefit the company itself? 
it's interesting. There's a, a study that came out in 2017, which is now a little dated, but in 2017, the study said that 65% of millennials will make a decision based upon uh, a company that they want to work for that is making a positive impact on the community. Wow. Now, and now, and now get this, let me add to that. 87% of people said that they would switch a product or a service to a company that is doing good work in the world. So if we think about our ideal customers, and, and by the way, this is for the millennial generation. So we're talking the next generation of the workforce, the next generation of our customers and clients. We know that they are willing to put their dollars and their time where the heart is, right? So if a, if a company is not engaging their employees in that process or showing their employees that they have values that they stand by, not just values that are on your website that say, okay, we, we give back to the community, we support, but no, they, they really bring it internally and they, they allow their employees to be a part of that. You know, that's like, that gives your employees a dopamine hit of joy when they come into work. You know, if, if, if you're not doing that, you're not doing your best to keep your employees wanting to continue to work for you, let alone attract top talent. You know, if I, if I tell you right now today that your next generation of, of employees are going to choose companies, the majority of them are going to choose companies that they can see and feel are making an impact in the community. Isn't that going to change how you work in the community? Yeah, right. So, and, and this, is, this is an important topic and it's, it's, it's for everybody. It's every company. It doesn't matter what size you are. You know, I, I like to say that you know, most companies think that I don't have spare revenue to give, but what I can guarantee you do have is you do have something to give. It could be resources, time, expertise, a few dollars, giving campaigns. You can bring your, you know, your own stakeholder circles together, your vendors, suppliers, customers. You have the ability to engage your community in a strategic way. It just depends on how you think about it. You know, we've got to think outside of the box. Absolutely. I, I love that. I do want to talk, you know, we've got in, in our audience, we have quite a few business owners of large organizations, but we also have a lot of inventors and entrepreneurs and many of which are, mm. are just starting out. And mm -hmm. so this does seem maybe far off and where, you know, I'll give when I have the money to give kind of thing. But I love that you brought up that there's other ways to give and it can bring such a positive impact to yourself to your organization and to your company and getting the word out. So for example, we, you know, we as a company, this kind of fell in our lap, so I can't take mm -hmm. any credit for the idea, mm -hmm. but this year we're working with an organization that runs what they call the giving machines in downtown Denver. Actually, they're like vending machines that I believe it's 10 different charities are, are involved with. You mm -hmm. can walk up, put your credit card in and give you know, $10 to buy a cow for a family in Africa or to feed a, a, a woman in a battered woman's shelter here locally in Denver. So it's half local, half international charity. And, and for us to be involved, it's not so much a money investment, but we really enjoy that we're involved in the video side. So my agency, we do a lot of video productions. So we're helping with the marketing and creating some videos, that kind of thing. It's, it's time for me and time for my company, but it's, it's joyous, as you said. It really brings you this, this heartwarming feeling of being able to serve, you know, even in a small way. And all we're trying to do is help give the opportunity for more people to get to serve. And, you know, these are somewhat are small donations, you know, it could be as little, I think as $10 on up to a hundred bucks or so at this, at this machine in downtown Denver. But it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to be part of. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that it fell on my lap is, is beyond the financial realm. It's, we don't often think about that. We don't often think about giving our time or our resources um, besides money, right? So it's money is the easy one or the one we always think about. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I'm happy to use myself as an example. I will tell you, you know, I was asked recently, I did an article for a major publication this week and they asked me, you know, how did you find your first clients? Like when you started your business, right? You know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm two years in and I'm still standing. So like, whoop, whoop, I'm still here. Uh, 
I, I would say that the most important thing that I did from day one of starting my business is was take on a pro bono project. So I, I, I knew that it was stressful. I'm still trying to generate revenue. I'm still trying to build in, you know, what is my ideal client? How are they going to come to me? Identify all of my marketing and branding. But while I was doing that, I, I, I chose, you know, I chose a very specific project to do for free. And that was just my way of testing out my language. It was testing out all of the things that I needed to do. But you know what happened? is that pro bono work introduced me to my first playing client. And it wasn't the, the pro bono project that was actually who hired me first. It was one of their stakeholders, like a, a partner of their company. Um, and I, I look back to that and think, you know, that is a perfect example how it doesn't matter what size of a, an organization you are. If you don't have revenue to give, there are ways that you can develop a process around giving back that will definitely benefit your business. So I, I'm so glad that my first example of my first client came in because I was doing pro bono work and that was just me offering my expertise. And we all have that in some area. We've got it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we work with a lot of agencies and lawyers and dentists, that kind of thing, these service providers. And oftentimes they counsel them to, to get started with doing free work, right? So they don't call it pro bono mm -hmm. when it's for regular clients, but you know, to, it's a mindset change. So as long as you're doing that, do it for a nonprofit. It's somebody that can truly benefit from it, not just to prove yourself, but really to give. And it changes the feeling that you have about your business, about your service offerings. And like you said, it can often lead to other business transactions, other potential clients in the future. That's right. Great. I do say that you should build your community partnerships into the fabric of your company from day one. Day one. That's, that is the ideal plan. Now, if you haven't, because a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, are already in the process of, of their company building or they're established, it's not too late to create a strategy around adding it into your, your planning. And especially now, I, I feel like, you know, this is a new decade coming and the numbers are speaking louder and louder volumes that people are putting their dollars where their hearts are. And, you know, it's, it's never too late to even start in a small way and, you know, address your community giving in a strategic way. That's where I come in and say the offensive versus defensive, right? You took advantage of an opportunity because it came your way. So you reacted to it. There are ways that you can develop a strategy around going and selecting the nonprofits or the causes that meet your values and meet your company's goals. That's great. I'd love to, if we could change gears a little bit yeah. and talk about your podcast experience yeah. as well. So as I mentioned early on, you run three different podcasts, Grit and Grace, Shock and Awe 2.0, and Girl Talk. And some of these are done with partners and some are done with, by yourself, leading yeah. with you know, interview strategy, et cetera. Can you talk to us, help, help us understand, tell us more about your podcasts that you run and, and how, how they help your business and how you enjoy them. Yes, happy to. Uh, well, Grit and Grace is my main show, and I'll come back to that because that's kind of a, an interesting story how it started. And Shock and Awe Two Point actually is a limited series that I co-hosted with a Purple Heart recipient, and we decided that we wanted to do our part to support veterans in our state. So we recorded a series of shows where we featured a nonprofit organization that was doing something really, you know, inventive and, you know, um, impactful in the community. So that was really just us supporting that group of nonprofits. And the other podcast is called Girl Talk, and that's really an empowerment group. It's a group of women that's, you know, there's a community of women under the girl clothing brand, which is a girl it's a, brand, it's a brand that actually draws in millions of women um, on a variety of social media platforms. And I just get to tell their stories, right? I just hold the space to tell their stories. And it's stories of courage and people overcoming massive challenges that you and I have probably never experienced in our life. And their stories are creating changes for other people. 
So that's been, that's been truly impactful. And I will tell you that both of those together have definitely make a, made a positive impact to my brand because my value is to support people that have been through difficult challenges, right? Like on, on my company side. So I'm living my values by doing that through those shows. And now Grit and Grace is really, it's, it's, it's the meat and potatoes of my podcasting, kind of like this podcast here for you. And it started because, you know, when I started my business, it was hard, right? None of, you know, none of being an entrepreneur is easy, especially for a woman over the age of 40. You know, we are, we are rare and it is, you know, the percentage is less than 11% of women or female-owned companies ever reach six figures. So I don't know about you, but when you're going to start an endeavor and you know that out the gate, the odds are stacked against you, that, that's hard, right? So I had all these amazing women that came into my life and helped me during my initial stages. So what happened with my podcast is I felt like, oh, I'm so lucky. I have all this, this help from all these women. Why don't I record some podcasts and share it with other women? So maybe they will, you know, go on to the journey of success as well. And, and what has happened is basically I just had an outpouring of support for the show and people that were listening and lives that were changed and knowledge that was shared that I kept doing it. And I kept doing it. I kept doing it. And people kept listening. And now my show really is just featuring, you know, female experts in their field that are doing amazing work. They are, you know, as, as women, we're often, you know, we run underneath the current, right? We don't always speak so loud. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, podcast hosts, there's less than 20% of all podcast hosts are female. And I think the percentage of female guests is even less than that. So I feel like, okay, great. I've now found a way that I can feature these amazing women that are working in business, right? They're entrepreneurs. They are women in career fields. They are experts in what they do and they seek out to share. They just come on my show and share their knowledge. And of course, you know what it's like. We also got to get a little bit into their story. We got to hear a little bit about what made them so great. So there's always a journey that takes place. But yeah, Grit and Grace has been an incredible experience of storytelling, of you know, business sharing, of you know, tactical tools on how you know, women can really focus on their own trajectory of success and own it because we, we own our trajectory, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I, I've really enjoyed, I've listened to a few episodes of the Grit and Grace podcast mm. and, and really enjoyed it and frankly made me nervous to interview today because you just did such a good job on your own <laughs> podcast. So uh, hopefully we kept up with you today. Um, but I do encourage our audience to check that and the other mm. podcasts out as well. I'll leave details in the show notes. So look for that on wherever you're listening to this podcast. You'll find uh, details in the show notes. Check those out. Tavarly, this has been fascinating. Is there anything that I haven't asked that you'd like to share with our audience? I would think that one of the most important questions that I always want people to ask me is, you know, what do I think that it takes, you know, to really truly be successful in business today? And I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the women that are listening to your show. And actually I'm going to talk to the men as well, because men don't often know what women go through. I mean, we women can be really loud in our voices and what we want and the issues that we face, but we don't often come forward with solutions to those problems. And so I feel like not only sometimes are men floundering to understand what women go through, they don't always know the solution. And women, we don't always know the solution either. But here's, here's what I know is that we as women and as men supporting women, we have to, we have to stay at the table right? We have to, we have to stay the course. And that doesn't, it doesn't matter if you are um, on a career trajectory or you're in a business owner, or you are just starting out as a business owner, you have to stay at the table. You have to be resilient, 
resourceful and be willing to try knowing that it's okay if it's not always perfect, right? Being present and trying is more important than perfection, always. Oh, thank you. Very well said. I think it's a great <laughs> summary of everything uh, we've talked about and great advice for all of our listeners, as you said, men and women. I, I want to thank you, I think, especially for changing the tone of this interview from my norm, which, you know, we love interviewing inventors and entrepreneurs. And we typically talk about how to get, right? How to grow mm. your business. It's, it's typical. Our focus is you know, finding this pathway to success. And I think you've given some great advice on that as well. But, but I love that this has changed the focus in terms of how to give, right? And how to successfully mm. give as, as an organization, no matter your size. I also, as Taverly did, encourage everyone to make that a part of your business. And whether it's time or resources or money or whatever it might be, giving makes you a better person, makes your organization have a better culture and brings attention to your business, even from a marketing perspective. So we've found that certainly when you give, you also get, it's a, it's a great return for both, but it, in the process, it makes you feel better. So I, I love that part of this message, especially, and I do encourage our audience to go check out and learn more, as I said, about Taverly's podcast. I'll post those in the show notes, but also check out corporate uh, corporatecauseagency.com. And she does have a special on her site that she's willing to offer for listeners of this podcast. So if anyone has listened to this episode and you reach out to her through her website, just let her know that you're a listener and you'll receive a, a serious 70% uh, discount uh, for a half day training on teaching you how to be a better giver and how to get benefits from it. Anything else you'd like to add, Tarly? No, other than I'm super grateful for you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my message and learn more about you and what you do. I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks again, Taverly. Thank you for your valuable insights and for taking the time to share your story. Our audience of inventors, entrepreneurs, and product marketers will benefit greatly from what you've taught us today. For the listeners, go to their website to learn more. Also, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes that we have recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play.